Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. Dr. Dax, welcome to Around the House, brother. But basically, what these heat blankets do is they're designed to repair carbon fiber on Boeing jets. Okay? So we took this technology and we had the company make us a specific size that we could take a deck board and put it in basically a, a silicone heating blanket sandwich that there's an outside layer of, of, um, of insulation and then there's the heating blankets and then there's a the deck board. And we heat that board up for a certain amount of time at a certain temperature and it becomes pliable. And then yep. when we take it, we take it when it's still hot and we put it into a, sh- a shape or a form that we create on the floor of our shop and then that becomes the, the new shape of that board. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we talk everything about your home every single week. Thanks for joining us. We have a special guest in the studio. I've been trying to get this guy on the radio and podcast now for a couple years, and we've finally done it. Dr. Dax, welcome to Around the House, brother. Thanks for having me, Eric. This is great, man. Finally, you and I got to connect at that Keen Utility event. I know my listeners are like, another person that you've talked to at Keen Utility? But yes, you and I finally got to sit down and connect a little bit. And uh, that was a great time. Absolutely. I really enjoyed it. That was awesome. So let's talk a little bit about Dex, man, because you, to me, across the U.S., are the guru of doing beautiful well thought out composite decks out there, man. And there's nobody doing it like you. There's a lot of imitators in my book, but uh, you're the master out there, man. And uh, what got you into this? Um, well, you know, you go to school, you go to high school, and then you decide, okay, what are we doing here? And, and back in the 80s, in the late 80s, um, you know, college was a thing, but it wasn't being pushed on everyone. Yeah. And I had a stepfather who thought maybe I'd be good in the trades. And I started uh, working for a management company that was responsible for several hundred apartment complexes. And they put me on a carpentry team. And I was basically, you know, pretty well built and a lot in better shape when I was younger. And uh, they're like, hey, you know, you can rip these decks out for us and then uh, go from there. And, And I had worked with my father a little bit. Uh, in the summertime, uh, learning some of the points of carpentry, but I really kind of got my feet wet uh, working with these people uh, in the, uh, you know, in this apartment complex, uh, just going back. And I mean, some of these decks should not have ever been even considered walked on, not even looked at. They were, they were so <laughs> rotten, like we, they would have them blocked off so people couldn't access them. And then I'm out standing on it, tearing it apart. And I swear I almost killed myself a couple of times because the decks as the deck is falling, I'm backing up into the breezeway. So I don't, <laughs> I don't die, you know? And, 
Um, that was that was my intro into construction. And then after a couple of years of that, uh, I was like 19, decided to move to Reno, Nevada, work for my father for a couple of years. Uh, he was a master carpenter down there and he was really into redwood and, and alternate, just mostly wood. Um, mm -hmm. And then in 1991, I moved back to Washington State with my fiance, who is my wife now of over 28 years. Um, and we started Dr. Dex in 1991. Man. Yeah. Well done. Well yeah. done. And, and you know, it's interesting. It's, it's so interesting how over the years, I mean, a deck is a deck, but it's not right. How from 1991 to now, how technology has Man. changed and how it you has. built a deck then versus now. Who, who, who would have thought that outdoor living was going to become such a powerful, a powerful tool for people uh, to have and, I'm, I'm going to jump forward quite a bit here and say, you know, COVID, COVID was my enemy and my friend. Uh, as people, as the beginning of COVID happened and everything was shutting down, so did my contracts and my um, agreements with people. I lost, you know, $750,000 worth of work and mm -hmm. was stressing out. But then as COVID went on, people uh, realized, hey, we're staying in this house. I mean, I'm in this house for 26 hours a day. And I need a place cool. I can get outside and do whatever I want to do outside. <laughs> you know, I, it's, I felt, I felt bad for these, some of these people. And, 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 and so the creativity, um, that has, has come forth through the years. Uh, you know, we, I used to bang out wood decks. That's why I got sure. my start treated, pressure treated and cedar is king where I live right? up in the Pacific Northwest in Tacoma, Washington. I was Amen. doing tight knot cedar, tight knot cedar, and I was just blanging it down with an air gun, you know, nailing, face yep. nailing it with, with stainless steel, uh, you know, ring shanks or whatever. Yep. And then as synthetic decking came about, I was like, whoa, what's this? Well, mm -hmm. you know, anytime you're an early adopter of anything, you're going to have issues. Uh, Dude, that with first, product. like that first Trek stuff. Exactly. Uh, I have no problem with Trex, but man, that first stuff compared to where it is now it was a world of difference. Yeah. Backwards. And, that stuff yeah. didn't hold up well. Yeah, exactly. It was just ridiculous. So, um, as technology advanced, and and then then we started, we're introduced to PVC, mm -hmm. and right when PVC, a product called Azec. Now it used to be called Procell back then, and and it yep. might have been called something else before that. You know, I might I don't know everything about building decks. Um, I just take a different stance or an approach to how I build, and I have a specific style that I've developed over the last thirty two years. And, um, I think a lot of people like the way I do a build, but there's other companies that do just as, you know, a lot of amazing work, uh, and they add their flair to it as well. And, and I've kind of steered away from certain things, but then I've also adapted into and adopted some really amazing technology to create some really artistic and unique living environments. And I've, I've exploited the heck out of that, uh, just to make my point, you know, to get a name, dude, and, name and what you've it. done with with curves and half circles and inlays uh, is what blew the industry up. Yeah, automation, which kind of took a break from because we actually filmed a pilot television show around deck automation. And mm -hmm. what deck automation is is when you take electronics and you actually make parts of decks move. Mm -hmm. And I was like the only guy doing that. <laughs> <laughs> to my knowledge, 
Um, I was making hatches and panels and then I was like, oh, let's make a barbecue up here uh, with a remote control, you know, and let's um, let's make a set of tables and benches pop up out of the deck. And I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And we got we aired on nationally on the DIY network. We um, we aired twice in the same night. Um, We did not get a series. I got as close to getting my own television show as you can get without getting one, basically. Yeah. And I, I caught it. I saw it. So it was yeah. good. I liked it. It was. Uh, hey, I thought it was pretty good, too. I left everything on the table at that point in time, everything I could. Um, I was working from dark to dark, seven days a week, uh, giving away my time, my blood, my sweat, my tears, all of it uh, for the opportunity to possibly get that big break. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen. And that was unfortunate. It took me about a year to get over that. But. In the you know, something I it's think a, that, that was a blessing in disguise, brother. Let me tell you yeah. what. Let me tell you what. Because, and I'll say this from knowing so many friends out there that came in that way, kind of into the home improvement at your time that you did it. You know, if you'd have done that seven or eight years before, you could have been making really good money at it on HDTV DIY Network. Right. But the stuff now, uh-uh, that's like 500 bucks a week. And uh, yeah, per, per talent. If, if you're the yeah. talent, you make 500. Here's the deal. If you get three years out of a series, if you get bought three for three years, then is when you start to actually make money. But how many, how many of these shows do you actually see make it three years? Most and don't. When, when I did this show, it was 2016 mm-hmm. and flip shows were the thing, the hottest thing. There was 30, uh, shows vying for two slots on the um, on Scripps Network, yep. on the DIY Network, uh, which Scripps owns HGTV, DIY, Food Channel, Travel. At all that, that time, stuff. yeah, that's who owned it. Okay, and uh, they chose two flip shows. <laughs> yep. I should have called my show Deck Flip, and I probably would have had a better chance of getting <laughs> bought. <laughs> I totally agree, but at the same time, man, you know, that would have been – really good for you, but I think it would have also been such a boat anchor for you as well. That would have held you back Yeah, because you wouldn't be doing all the stuff you're doing now. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, after that, I kind of delved really into, I mean, I've always been into deck board bending and that's probably my, still my passion. I love doing it. I don't, I don't do it every weekend. Like I'm not that dedicated to it, but I've done thousands and thousands and thousands of feet. I've, I've burned up a hundred thousand dollars worth of products over the last 20 years, uh, mastering my craft. Yeah. And I have some really great art that I want to put out to the internet. And now that I have an audience, um, you know, I'm going to do that. It's just a matter of when I, I don't know when, cause I'm just trying to keep my business afloat and keep things going right now, you know, and, and that can be a, a total time suck in itself. Absolutely. Let's talk about that board bending for a little bit for people in the audience out there that are going, what is Dr. Dex talking about right now? Let's, sure. let's describe that a little bit so they understand what that is. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm known for that nationally and actually around the world because of my social media footprint. But what deck board bending is, is we take silicone heating blankets designed by a company called HeatCon in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Now, HeatCon makes $25,000 hot bonders for Boeing airplane jets. They repair carbon fiber on Lamborghini cockpits on their cars. Uh, some of the team goes over to Italy and they they, they do some testing on some of the newer uh, hot cars that, that Lamborghini's making. But basically, 
what these heat blankets do is they're designed to repair carbon fiber on Boeing jets. Yep. Okay. So we took this technology and we had the company make us a specific size that we could take a deck board and put it in a, basically a, a silicone heating blanket sandwich that mm-hmm. there's an outside layer of, of, um, of insulation and then there's the heating blankets and then there's a the deck board. And we heat that board up for a certain amount of time at a certain temperature and it becomes pliable. And then when we take it, we take it when it's still hot and we put it into a a shape or a form that we create on the floor of our shop. And then that becomes the, the new shape of that board. So basically we take a firm straight deck board, we heat it up and turn it into a spaghetti noodle, and then we turn it into the shape we want. And if we're good, we do it to perfection where it looks like it came from the factory that way. But oftentimes and not, there's always some kind of a small imperfection in the board because there's just too many um, what ifs. Yeah. And every color has to be heated to a different temperature. Every, yeah, every, every brand is different. Um, we don't really do a lot of cap composites anymore. PVC is where I'm at. Like that's my love. I love mm-hmm. Azek decking. Um, I bleed Azek, you know, so that's the stuff I use. And, and it's a great product to do what I do with. Well, and for you, you get the luxury of being familiar with one brand, you know, exactly what it's going to do. You're not yep. dealing with the six different brands that are out there and the, right. this company's house brand that maybe made it this way one year makes it that way the next or whatever. Yeah, I've, I've pretty much touched them all. And um, I, I've kind of backed off of some of that, some of these newer uh, boards that are coming from China. I haven't really mm-hmm. messed with those. Um, I'm kind of sticking to U.S. made uh, products that I really uh, enjoy working with. And um, hey, okay, so 15 years ago, when I was doing this and I was getting it on the cover of Professional Deck Builder magazine, Azek's like, or it was TimberTech back then. Yeah. TimberTech and Azek were actually separate companies. And TimberTech had XLM, which was a PVC. Yep. And they're looking at me and they're like, nope. So we're not endorsing this. I said, we love you, but here's the deal. <laughs> it's not you we're worried about, Jason. It's the 10 other people or 20 other people that are going to try to do this. <laughs> Now there's hundreds, if not yeah. thousands, but back then, uh, we're worried about these other guys that are going to come in and they're not going to frame the deck right. They're not going to do this properly. They're not going to do it the way you do it. And then we're going to have warranty issues. And I said, I don't give a crap about your warranty. Yeah, I said, not my problem. I know, uh, not a problem. My, yeah. my, all my clients understand that we're totally voiding the warranty. They love a rebel. They love the fact that I'm exploiting it and that I'm destroying something that, that it could potentially save, you know, somebody something in the future. But I understand, I understand that I'm exploiting the warranty and that's okay. Um, because what we're creating is so much cooler than, than what we started with, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's cool. I mean, I remember the first time seeing your stuff, I was like, all right, this cat's got something different going here. And I thought it was stunning just with the stuff you you do with that and the railings and everything else. And, yeah. And one of the things that I really appreciated out of it is that's the pretty stuff. But man, when it comes down to the framing of that deck and the protecting uh, of that framing, yeah. dude, you are as brutal as anybody on doing that right. And I love well, that. And I think it's worth talking about for a bit. We we both live in the Pacific Northwest and you get just as much, if not more rain than we do. Mm-hmm. And 
I've torn out hundreds of decks. Yeah. So I got some guy in the East that's commenting on my posts and saying, why are you using so much waterproof membrane tape on your framing? You're just working for G tape and you're just trying to sell more product. And I'm like, Hey man, you're entitled to the way you feel, but if you see, why don't you just go back and look at some of the demo videos I've done and look at the crumbling in my hands when I grab something that's 20 years old or younger and it crumbles in my hand. Right. Yeah. So why put so, on a, a deck surface that you could get technically 30 years out of it and have framing down there that might last 15 or 18. Yeah. Yeah. So anytime no I sense. started doing, I, okay. So I started using, uh, back before G tape was a thing. There's a stuff called Vicor, mm -hmm. um, back, I would say as early as 2000, I started taking Vicor and cutting it into strips and putting it on top of flat blocking to protect it from getting moisture. Yeah. And um, I'm not saying I started any kind of a trend or anything, but I was the first one in the United States to ever touch G-Tape. I, wow. I knew the guy at the distributor. We actually got G-Tape on our TV show. And I guess the people in Japan were going berserk because they thought that was the coolest thing, you know, that their product. And this is like 2016. They didn't. That's when G-Tape came out to the States. It'd yeah. been out in Japan for many, many years because they use it in the automotive industry and all these mm -hmm. other places. But it's actually owned by Mitsubishi. And um, it's funny how you can make a footprint and not even realize what you're doing with it until somebody says, yeah, these guys in Japan are really digging what you're doing with their product, you know. It's like, well, I was just trying to protect some framing. <laughs> yeah, right. You're just doing you know? what you got to do to get this, right. this client that paid you good money to do the project. You're like, I'm going to do all I can to protect their investment on this. Right, right. So I think it's a worthwhile investment, at least the joist tops. But, you know, I protect the beam tops and everything else. It's anything that water is going to sit on and fester or if if uh, pine needles and we have a lot of that kind of stuff here. Oh, so dude, that stuff's that's, the worst. It is. And it, it's stuck in between the deck boards. And that's the first place your framing rods. I so, still have to go through my deck with I have a really cheap battery powered plug in power washer. Yeah. Which is great for cleaning that stuff out. I sure. want to hurt the deck. Yeah. So it's not that good, but it's perfect because three times a year on my back deck, I'm out there knocking that stuff down because it just it packs up in between every one of the deck boards. Yeah, all the time. And they even make tools called the deck flosser. And there's all kinds of people that have come up with ideas to, to do that. But I think your idea is probably the best. Just a light pressure washing to clear the clear the gunk out. It's a great idea. That's all I do. And I, that's all that thing ever does is just cleaning off the deck with that just to keep it good. Because, yeah, you're right. And, and that stuff gets packed down in there in the Northwest. And if you've got that pressure treated wood, even ground mm -hmm. contact wood, that stuff just loves to tear that up. Yeah, it'll still rot, man. If it's in the wrong environment, it does not matter. Um, I don't care what people say, how long it's going to last. It's it, You got you to gotta protect it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and you have been doing recently, and I, I see more and more of it, and I don't know if it's just that I'm catching it more and more on your channel, but, man, your two and almost three-story decks that you've got going out there are pretty yeah. spectacular. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've been building a lot of squares and rectangles lately. And I don't, you know, personally, I love doing curves, but I pitch it to everybody. But there's a lot of conservative clientele that really, you know, that's, that's beautiful. They think I'm going to really ding them for it or something. So they mm -hmm. just stay. We'll keep a rectangle. Well, if I'm going to build a rectangle, I'm going to build a really nice one, you know. Yeah. And those double deckers are really cool because what we're doing is we're waterproofing the upper deck with uh, a waterproof membrane. 
mm-hmm. and uh, or like a um, I actually have a, a master class on it of waterproof bladders. And so we put a waterproof bladder on the upper deck and then we soften the underside. So it becomes like a like a really nice place to hang out. Uh, you know, three seasons, even four seasons, if you're if you outdoor got the kitchen out there. out there, all those great yeah, things, right? Absolutely. So uh, that's kind of a cool uh, feature. And we're doing more and more of that. Instead of doing a patio cover, we're actually just building another deck above it and waterproofing it. And then they get that balcony. Now, this last one we're doing is pretty big. It's like a 16 by 20 upper mm-hmm. and it's free spanning. So there's no posts in the middle of the deck or anything like that. You know, it's really nice. And uh, the people are really, the client is very happy right now. So we're just, you know, trying to get that one buttoned up here. So are you, so you're using that bladder system where basically you're putting that sheet rubber over the top of, I'm going to oversimplify this, but Mm -hmm. just so people can get an idea is taking that sheet, flexible rubber sheet and drooping it down in between those deck boards to create a trough. So when the water comes through the deck that you can take it over towards a gutter system. Correct? Right. You direct it away. You cut the, you cut EPD and pond liner into wedges and then mm-hmm. it's tight at the house and it, it, it has more taper towards the outside of the deck. So when you install it, it get, it gives it natural drainage and you do that all within the joist bay. And mm-hmm. then uh, you overlap the layers and you put additional tape on to protect the screw head screws, excuse me, going in so that they don't leak. Uh, the whole idea is that you're creating a completely, oh, and it also protects the joists and the framing. Yeah, it's perfect, right? You know? It's like the perfect Kinda. waterproofing over the top of that. Yeah, so you're protecting your frame and you're getting a nice dry space below that. And in this case, you're getting a dry space below that and on the ground. Yeah, you, know? you don't have that mud mess underneath the deck yeah. where it's come through and tore the dirt up down there. You can almost see where the deck boards are sometimes on yep, houses yep. in the Pacific Northwest where it drops yep. down and it almost cuts holes in the strips in the ground below. Good graphic. You're explaining that very well, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what it is, you know, and it's well, it's no, funny. You're right. I've see, I see it all the time, man. Yeah, and so it's crazy. And what I like about this whole thing too is it does it doesn't, you got enough angle that when the rain and the water goes, it doesn't collect up so much of that. It's not like it's super flat. So any right. pine needles and stuff that get in there, it's just going to get washed out into that gutter system. Correct? Yeah. I actually, Mike Gurdon, he, um, I love Mike, by the way, he's a good you guys guy. Don't follow him. Maybe, maybe search him out on Instagram. He, um, he did one 20 years ago and a similar, a similar style that I do. And he tore the decking up because the decking was bad. I don't know if it's one of his rentals or something. Mm-hmm. And there was hardly any sediment after How 20 cool years. Yeah. And, and so people, that's one of the things people always challenge me on is, hey, uh, what, aren't things going to build up? So I've physically done videos of I put crap down in the joist bay and then we've ran water in it and it floods it out. Yeah. But people still have an issue with it for some reason. It's funny. Um, but I've never had a callback. Yeah. I've never had you know, a callback on a waterproof bladder. No. And Mike Curtin, by the way, if you guys aren't following him out there, he's kind of the old godfather of decking out there as far as the how you yeah. connect it. I mean, he's been doing this for decades, but he's the guy that... years. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and Mike, I know you're probably going to listen to this, so you could laugh at us, but I used to work with him on stage uh, in the High Performance Building Zone down at uh, the Kitchener Bass Show. So him and I used to share a stage sometimes, and so... He's just such a master at that. And uh, you catch him on fine home building and that kind of stuff. So 
Good yeah. That's awesome. I, I've seen him at several trade shows and, you know, I've never, I, I feel guilty because I've never taken the time to, I'm usually working the show too. So it's not like I get to have a minute where I can go sit down in the audience and just listen to what he has to say, because I'm sure he would teach me. As a matter of fact, I have him on speed dial because I often consult him when I come up against something that I'm not a hundred on. Because mm-hmm. it happens to all of us, right? I'm a professional sure. deck builder. That's what I do for a living. I've done it for a long time. But to have have a vote of confidence from somebody that you can really trust, um, he always picks up my phone calls too. Like, yeah. Usually, I don't ever go to voicemail with him. He's just a good guy that. that way, and that's. Uh, but that's what I yeah. love about this industry of the of the experts that we have out there is that, and and I've talked this with other people here is that the good people get along, right? And everybody's there to help each other because we all have questions at some point. Yeah. Yeah. All of us. All and of if us. you don't, then you might be getting cocky and uh, putting yourself in a position where you, <laughs> well, you should be asking questions. Some, some of these younger builders, I'm looking at some of the stuff they're putting out and I'm just like, man, they're putting screen rooms and all kinds of accessories and really lighting it up right. And they're staging it perfectly. I'm like, man, I never took the time to stage anything hardly. And, you know, like when it comes to competition, like we enter our decks into a national deck building competition and I'm looking at the competition this year. I'm like, man, I don't even know if I'm going to enter anything because I don't think I have anything worthy of placing except the one I'm building right now. If I finish that in time, I'll probably enter that. But um, I don't know if it'll even place because there's just so many similar type builds that are just money. You know, I'm just impressed. And that's good. I like it when, you know, somebody like you that's gone out there and it's been a trailblazer and, you know, it's risen the the water and bringing all the boats up too. Cause there's yeah. other guys out there that are going, all right, I see how he's doing it. I better do my stuff better. And right. there's nothing wrong right. with we're that. We're elevating, we're elevating the game. That's for sure. I, I, and I'm not saying that out of conceit. No, um, I I'm saying it because I get DMS every day with guys telling me that. And I'm glad, I'm glad that uh, I I've talked to beginners I talk to attorneys and lawyers. I talk to pizza makers and I talk to carpenters. You know, there's yeah. there's a ton of people that follow and that are constantly asking me for information. Nice. It's overwhelming at times. Oh, I bet. So what are you doing for deck fasteners these days of holding the holding that Azac down? Yeah, uh, we we're doing one of two uh, things usually we're either face screwing and cortexing it mm-hmm. with a stainless steel top lock screw, which is now available to everybody, by the way. Nice. Um, or we're using the Fasten Master Fusion Lock Gun, which is more of a professional, uh, made for professional deck builders. Um, it's a little quirky. Some guys don't like it because, you know, a clip might slip here and there. But when you use it every day or every week, you kind of get used to those things and, and, and you, and you, you, you get through it, but yeah. those are usually the only two I've used other clips before. I'm not going to mention any brands, but I've actually had some issues with the screw snapping and I've had to go back and then I had to cortex a bunch of decks anyways. Yeah. <laughs> because the ends all snapped on these because PVC moves, man, it's going to move. It gets hot. It gets cold. It, it grows, it shrinks. Mm-hmm. And when it does that, if, and I, I used an impact driver to drive these screws down and I wasn't supposed to, but I'm like, Hey man, we're going to produce too, you know? And, yep. and, and after I talked to these guys, I had six decks do it. And I'm like, mm, I'm just done with these. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I can't use these. So well, some of those screws are so thin. They're just, yeah. you know, they're just yeah. 
<laughs> they're thinner than what your your iPhone charging cord is. You know what I mean? They're just these little tiny things. And right. even when they're stainless, they're still, there's not that much meat there, especially when you put a lot of torque on it, putting it in. Yeah, those top lock screws, though, that's the absolute best way to fasten down a deck. Uh, even with the Cortex, with the, with the Azek um, vintage product, mm-hmm. um, you can barely see the corks. But yeah. if you look hard enough, you can see them. Like, you know, it depends how particular your clients are. Yeah. And yeah, well, there's, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the, the client, depending on how they are, they can go out there and get on their hands and knees with blue tape if they want to. But yeah, there's always that guy. But you know, really, it's a deck. And, uh, you know, that's so much better. I mean, think about where it used to be with, with ring shank and cedar. You didn't care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If, if you chalked your lines off, you're lucky. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's a I I swear I was on I was uh, with a friend and he was a deck builder and he he subbed everything out. He didn't do any of the work himself. I don't do that. I actually am on every job every day with my team building. And he had this guy that was just air nailing off this deck, and he was trying to do it as fast as he could, and oh. he was missing the joists. He was missing. He was hitting the cracks. With the, with the nail gun and oh. splintering the sides of the decking. And he wasn't even on the joists. And oh. I, looked, I looked at this guy and I looked at the owner. I'm like, dude, you better stop him. He fired him on the spot. Yeah. Like, Where did you find this guy, man? Like he, he kind of like, he was on something cause he was going way, way too fast. <laughs> and it's, it's unfortunate that people like that give us a bad name in the industry and I'm trying to change that, man. I mean, I want to put out when everything I touch, I want people to look at it and go, dang, that is, that's nice. That's better than average. That's above average. You know, that's oh, dude, your stuff is stunning. And I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here on the show. I mean, if for me to refer back to what you're doing on this deck stuff, man, it is just, it's amazing. It's just, well, it's beautiful stuff. And you can tell the care that's been put into it. Yeah, I mean every every project that I build, it's like it's mine until I'm done with it, you know. And Absolutely. That's I it. Guys get tired of me like complaining to them all the time. It's like, man, I'm not in first grade, bro. But yeah, but if I don't remind you not to do that, you're gonna. I'm, I just sat there and watched you do it. Exactly. So somebody's got to be responsible for it. Your you name's know? on the uh, your name's on the warranty at the end, brother. There so you that's go. The and I can't tell you, even the little stuff, I have to go back at, in the evenings and weekends and fix because none of my guys are going to get up at, you know, six in the morning on a Saturday and go do it. Nope. So it's up to me. But it is Absolutely. my name and it is my business. So I'll yep. put my I'll put it behind it, man. No question. That's why you only get one reputation out there. And that's why you've been owning it, man. Thank you. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about helical piles a little bit because okay. those are something that I think is really important depending on the on the land and the grade and all that other stuff. But it's not something I'm seeing a lot of deck builders deal with, but I've right. dealt with them a lot. I know you you deal with them a fair amount now, mm-hmm. you know, especially in situations where you've got bad soil conditions or on a hill or something like that. Let's talk about those in deck building a little bit because I think all it's right. something that at least homeowners and contractors should be knowing about out there. Well, I, I started looking at helical piles as a viable solution to foundation or to footings when the state of Washington mandated a 60-pound per square foot live load instead of a 40-pound per square foot live load. What that did is it almost tripled the amount of concrete we had to pour. Just by yep. adding that extra 20 pounds per square foot, 
thinking they were going to solve all these problems because of all the weekend warriors that are going out and building decks that are collapsing and killing people. <laughs> yeah. They made it harder. They made it more difficult for the professional to earn a living. It yep. just costs us another 50% to do our footings. And when I was realizing, you know, hey, man, I am pouring yards of concrete and I'm not used to, I don't short load a, a truck for three yards of concrete. We hand mix that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm bringing pallets of concrete to the job site and we're hand mixing pallets of concrete. And I was like, there's got to be a better solution than this. So I reached and out to ironically, guy. though, you know, ironically, the state of Washington didn't figure out and being a I'm a former Washingtonian. So I I dealt with this for 25 years. They didn't figure out that maybe that connection from the deck to the house is the number one failure point versus footings. But heck, they're going to they're going to deal with footings because that's easier for them. Uh, yeah, it just it, and that actually made the deck. It made us bi use bigger beams, bigger posts, bigger joists tighter spans mm -hmm. you know it's ugly so get this i got something for you i was uh the engineer we spec'd out pressure treated glue lambs on the build i'm working on right now they're beautiful mm -hmm. um i'm used to paying 30 dollars a foot for them hadn't bought them in a while uh pressure treated six by 12 is about 15 bucks a foot yep okay no problem double double cost i'm good with that yeah. $65 a foot. I got dinged for $7,500 for the beams on that deck. The beam. I almost oh. puked. I'm like, I called her. I, I said, is this correct? She goes, yeah, those haven't gone down at all in price. Um, how proud are these people of this product? Because holy Dude, smoke. You could have had custom steel made for a lot less than that. Well, I wonder. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're getting to wonder, yeah. Well, so so I decided I got a hold of this guy Max with uh, Mascore Helical Piles out of Ontario, Canada, mm -hmm. and he has a great shipping connection. So he said, "Hey man, buy the buy the powerhead. I'll send you some piles." He trained me over the phone because of COVID. He couldn't come across the border. Yep, he was locked. And down. I started setting my own piles. But what I'm what I'm running into now is I have a problem when I'm driving the piles. I I'm. Depending on the jurisdiction, some of them are requiring a third-party witness to to inspect my my pressure. Yeah, because they need well, to see what that pressure load is to that I'm, that way you know the depth. I'm in, I'm I'm actually recording all that as we every pile. I'm taking photographs of the pressure. I have a time lapse camera going the whole time. So I sent all that stuff to my engineer because he's old and he's you know sick and he couldn't make it. For two yep. days, because it took us two days to drive the piles on that job because we had the overhang of the roof that we had to deal with while we were <sighs> trying to dig the piles. So we had to suspend, temporarily suspend the roof. Those are the things people don't get. Like, you want to sleep at night? Then don't do some of the stuff I do because <laughs> it'll keep you up. No and, kidding. Um, and, and, and we both agreed that it was kind of ridiculous that they were calling out, but then the inspect the building inspector comes out and he's like, "Yeah, where's your engineer report?" I go, "Well, it's at the engineer." And he's like, "Well, it's not here." And was he present for this? And I'm like, "No, he wasn't." And he goes, "Well, he was supposed to be here. I, I don't know how I'm going to prove this deck." And I was like, "Well, I'll get you the engineering. I'll get you the paperwork. I'll, I'll give you the forms." And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Look, if I don't have something signed by your by somebody stating that they approve these, then I can't pass this deck." So I'm like, okay, well, I'll do my best to give you what you're looking for, but I don't know if it's going to be enough. Uh, <sighs> but I tell you what, I've done 10 of these, probably 15 decks with them now. Mm -hmm. And um, it saves me time, money. You can build on them right away. 
Yep. As long as you hit the pressure you're looking for, you know, you're not, nothing's going to settle. Dude. And, and those um, are so much more, so much more durable uh, yeah. compared to just a concrete footing, because those things are so tied into the ground compared mm-hmm. to just putting a boatload of concrete there. Yeah. Agreed. Um, you know, we have, we have a mini skid steer that we drive with it. And then we mm-hmm. also have uh, a Bobcat that we swap the power head to, uh, if I can get the big machine in, man, it really works well. And that's what we used on this last job we're on. But the mini also, I had to actually upgrade my machine because the old machine I had, it flipped it upside down or sideways uh, because oh. I hit some really hard ground. And it, <laughs> Too much torque, it knocked it yeah, over. Yeah, and huh? then the battery connection uh, got hit, oh. arced out on the on the frame and then yep. it started smoking. <laughs> it was a oh, show, man. Oh, man, that was an expensive one. And then the oil, you know, uh, it was blown. Uh, it was awful. So yeah. at that point, I was like, okay, if I want to be serious about this, I got to get a bigger machine that will drive the pile. So we got ourselves a, a nice little um, ditch witch uh, that, that really drives well. And I haven't had any problems since then with either machine um, yeah. or the powerhead. So it's been, a, it's been a great investment for me. We've been using them for a couple of years now. Man, it's so great. And when you've got like fill soil or anything else like that, or you're on the side of a hill where you're got this real, you do a lot of view homes. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. and a lot of these things are kind of towards the edge of a a cliff or a fall Mm -hmm. off or whatever else you want to call it or looking down. And man, I'd, I'd, I'd want my deck to have as many of those as possible in those situations. If we can, if we can get a, um, if we can get the machine into the space, we definitely use them. If, if we can't, then we might go to, to an alternative, uh, maybe a, um, a diamond pier or something like that. Yeah. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. If you're enjoying the Around the House show, make sure and hit that subscribe button on the podcast player you're listening to right now. To find out more about Around the House show, head to aroundthehouseonline.com. And of course, thanks for listening to Around the House. And I think you did that uh, diamond pier, and those are just basically posts that are driven in right and a kind mm-hmm. of a almost like a teepee into the ground so you've Correct. got that splayed yeah. out footing yep. for that but using metal posts basically yeah, using galvanized um thick walled galvanized pipe to go through a footing a precast footing uh to a specific depth and i think they come up to five feet long you know mm-hmm. for some and then once you load them is where they really start to take uh shape and where they don't move so much yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So what are you doing these days for railings, man? Because I see you have some beautiful, glowing, well-lit railings on a lot of your projects. What's that What's that material you're using? Because that's super cool. Sure. Uh, so the company that I use mostly is called Regal Ideas. Mm-hmm. And they make different ga- uh, varieties of different types of railing. They make a standard aluminum picket, aluminum with glass, and then the kicker that they do is this product called Crystal Rail. Mm-hmm. And Crystal Rail is a really beautiful low iron glass and has these special uh, pods that are shaped kind of like an egg. A lot of people s- kind of make fun of the shape, but they're designed that way uh, for a reason. So they can withstand the forces that need to be with- withstood for code. And yeah. you lay these things out and then you, you tighten up the glass to them and then they have an LED in the base and you light them up and it becomes this beautiful lit uh, attraction at night. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. I actually have it on my own house because I liked it so much. Um, there you it's go. beautiful. Every time I drive in at night, I'm like, man, that's sweet. 
That is awesome. That is awesome. Because, yeah. yeah, that's it's, it makes that whole deck just glow. I mean, I, I yeah. love lighting because as a designer myself, lighting makes that whole project. And that stuff, I saw that and I'm like, okay, that's uh, that might have to go into my house one of these days because yeah. that's cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. And, and the company, I love the company because they're really supportive. Uh, they back their product. They have a great warranty, and it's really easy to install. Uh, they have the homeowner and the do-it-yourselfer in mind when and everything they've designed uh, that they sell. So nice. Sometimes it's hard to find depending on where you are geographically. So uh, you can always contact Regal Ideas directly, and they'll get you in touch with somebody that can get you the product. Nice. So what are you using for tools out these days, man? I know you've got uh, your favorites out there. Yeah, I don't want to give you make you give away all your trade secrets, but nah, that's uh, all good. You know, there you got some cool stuff I see you using out there. Yeah, I think um, you know the the stuff we use daily. Uh, like we use a, a a Dewalt 12 inch compound slide miter saw, Flexvolt, so it's a yep. dual 12 amp hour batteries. Those those usually last us a day, if not a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. That's mounted to a cut hub, uh, chops shop, a chop station. Um, and on particularly right now we're running, uh, two chop saws on it. So we have the big 12 inch saw. And then we also probably my favorite saw, it's this little seven and a quarter inch Metabo HPT, Mm -hmm. uh, seven and a quarter, super accurate, really great for trim, cheap blades, you know, even a 40 tooth blade is like 15 bucks, you know, dude, that's awesome. it, It cuts like a diamond, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's an expensive saw. But sure. we have both we have both of those mounted to the cut hub and then we have a separate cut hub station for our DeWalt table saw. Mm-hmm. So we have a full saw. We don't use a cordless table saw. We actually use a corded saw because of the stuff we rip, the wet treated lumbers. Um batteries would only last like, you know, maybe forty feet. <laughs> yeah, no, that stuff doesn't work. I got a funny story about that uh DeWalt saw though. Uh my buddy Skip Bedell, mm-hmm. he got that thing. I was out cheese. Years ago, what, seven years ago, I was out at mm-hmm. his place helping him put his kitchen in and that thing showed up in a white box. It hadn't even, it was the, one of the pre-production ones. Ooh. And so that showed up in this white box at his house and I helped him carry it in and unbox it. And I'm like, okay, this is cool stuff. Yeah. So that was the first time I'd seen that, that whole package of theirs with that. And, uh, man, I was impressive. I was impressed. Yeah, we, we always run that thing cordless, too. It seems to run better cordless than it does. That There's a power adapter you can plug it in. But, uh, man, we really like it running cordless. We run both of our saws cordless. Yep. Our table saws corded. And then as far as impact drivers, we're mostly using Metabo HPT triple hammers. Uh, yep. We really like those. And then as far as our finish guns, um, we're running DeWalt, Metabo, and then Paslo just sent us a really cool cordless gun. And I was shooting some YouTube videos with it today and I was shooting into some steel and I broke the driver on it. <laughs> it felt so stupid. I was trying to get the gun to jam. Remember we were talking about jamming guns? Yep. Well, we shot that video today uh, for our YouTube channel. <laughs> and then I'm like, hey, man, it's not it's not resetting. What's going on? And I tore it apart. I'm like, oh, man, broke uh, the driver. Oops. Oops. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got a gun that I think is I've, I've done that too here that uh, I haven't quite taken apart yet, but I, I think that's exactly what I did as well. So I'm going to send it back. They, they told me, hey, we got two year warranty on it. Send it back and we'll send you a new one. I'm like, OK, do, I'll do a video on it. You know, that's what they want. They want me to do a video about it. And then then we're going to do a giveaway. So perfect because it's so light. It's like a tinker toy compared to most other guns. It's so light. 
but really? it's, it's a gas it's gas powered gas and battery okay. powered but it's a small battery and a and a and a ga- the gas cartridge lasts like a thousand shots or fifteen hundred shots or something. Oh like wow, that. that's cool. Because yeah. that's my biggest complaint about the, especially like the framers. Man, those are even even worse. The framers right. are just sitting there. It's it's like you got twenty five pounds off the hand of your hand. At, oh the yeah, end of yeah. Um, we have some cordless framers, but when we when we're, especially when we're framing in glue lamps, we always run a pneumatic because you just get a better punch with a pneumatic. If not, we'd have to go back and drive every single nail again with a cordless uh, framer. Yeah. But that makes no sense. Know, yeah. Not really. If the wood's really wet and it's all pressure treated, then then we can use the cordless guns on it. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff's so soft, especially with, you know, in the Pacific Northwest here, we have that uh, pressure treated wood. It's not like some of that southern yellow pine you see everywhere else. This right. stuff here, that it is soaking wet when it shows up in most cases. Yeah. And it's heavy, it's wet, and, uh, the saws hate it, but the guns love it, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, you can always get good penetration on a on a nail gun with it. Absolutely. Just like butter. Just like butter. <laughs> so, what do you see going? Uh, what are some of the next uh, things that you see out there with Dax and and the future with these composites? Because I know you you talk to the manufacturers a lot out there. I'm so impressed where we've come over the last five or six years. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. my parents when they built their house in the Tri-Cities in Eastern Washington, they put in that Trex fencing product that came out. And uh, that was a mistake. That stuff um, (laughs) uncapped. It was the original kind of, you know, Um, oatmeal-ish kind of composite. And you put that on a 115 degree day and it looks like a Willy Wonka fence. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, There was... A few different brands that tried to come out with fence boards, and I don't think any of them are still around. Like Timbertex yeah. went out, uh, Trex went out. There's a couple others. I don't even remember their names. I, I would actually take a few of those. I still have some stock because I cut it down and use it for thin shims when I'm building low decks to the ground. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. Like if you have all the different thicknesses, man, it makes it really easy to shim up a three eighths inch, a half inch, five sixteenths, whatever, you know, whatever thickness these boards were. So I have like a little hoard of it, you know, in my boneyard that I always go to and, and we'll just hack it down into three and a half or five and a half inches or whatever we need, you know. And it works really well because we also buy composite shims. Um, I used to use cedar shims, but they deteriorate. Yeah. So plastic shims don't. Yeah, the cedar ones come apart pretty quick. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I crawled under a deck once that I'd built like 10 years later, and the plastic, the uh, cedar shims had rotten, and the post was sagging. I'm like, well, there you go. That's why it's sagging. So uh, just throw some uh, plastic ones under there, and we're back in business. You know, one thing I like that we're starting to see out there too is, um, and I want to give a shout out to like Simpson Strong Tie. Mm -hmm. They've come out with some brackets and some stuff that are, really starting to make sense as far as decorative and yeah. functional because over the last 30 years, it's just been this galvanized stuff that ain't pretty, but they've really there, come out yeah. with some outdoor, neat stuff. Outdoor accents. It's, it's a thing. Uh, we're using more and more of it on our builds and it is, it beautifies things and, and the clients really like it. I didn't tell these people they're getting a free upgrade on this last job, but we put that stuff um, all over the deck and man, it, it really enhances it, makes it look nice and uh, people seem to love it. So well, I think for you guys too, like if you're putting together some glue lambs and stuff, I mean, those big T brackets they have are, mm-hmm. are solid and they look like they're supposed to be there where, 
before you were using these little tiny, you had to, the only thing you had were those little tiny Simpson galvanized brackets and they just look like you were framing a house. Yeah, that or you're, or you're putting a massive $200 steel monsters on there. Um, which really is, that's more for commercial use than I've done it. I've done it both ways, uh, depending on the budget of the deck, you know, but, um, I kind of enjoy retrofitting these instead because you can actually get everything set together and pin it all together and then go back and put these brackets on. And not only does it enhance it, it, it meets the code. So see, that's the, that's the best of both worlds with that, which yep. is awesome. So I'm going to be promoting those at deck expo, I think. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That that's, I remember when they, a few years ago they started to come out with and they kind of dipped their toe in it a little bit. And mm-hmm. then over the last number of years, they've just kind of exploded that line. I told them, Hey man, you should uh, make your Joyce hangers this color too. Right. Heck yeah. Why I've actually not? spray painted them all black before, but that was a lot of work. That's a lot of work. It is. That's a lot of work. Well, what else are you doing out there, man? I mean, I'm, I'm noticing one thing that I noticed that you really pay attention to and, and I want to just give you a shout out on this. I love your connections from that deck to the house. Yeah. I mean, you and Mike Gurton both have that down so well of getting, and it's such an important connection of getting that stuff tied in, you know, taped up right, mm-hmm. you know, all the Flash. right flashing in there, all yep. those details. And that on your homes that you do, man, I, you got to do a lot of surgery sometimes on siding, but it sure looks good when it's all done. Yeah, we do. Um, a lot of guys don't want to touch the siding of the house. They just want to put their deck to the house and they don't want to see what's behind there. And thank God we tore all the siding off because the upper deck cantilevered through the house and there was no oh. support post. So we had to cut all that back flush. And then I had to lay it out so that I was attaching to the, the blocks that are in between the joists that we cut back so that we made sure we had the proper attachment so that we had something that wasn't going to pull away from the house. Yeah. It was kind of a, kind of a tricky, sticky situation. Yeah. Know? Those homes like my house, I had this little tiny Juliet deck off my master when I bought the house. It was like this little three foot by five foot thing, a three foot by six foot off a, a six foot slider that you could almost just barely put two plastic lawn chairs out on. Bought the house. I kind of looked at the window and I was, I knew it was going to come down anyway, but I stood out on it and I went, uh Oh, I could see the metal railing starting to pull away (laughs) as I stepped back in the door and went, yeah, we're not going back out on that again. Wow. Sure enough. It was, there was just cedar two by tens Mm -hmm. hanging out there that were coming out just cantilevered and Mm. they should have been replaced. There was drywall screws holding all the, I mean, it was just, Oh yeah. You could tell it'd been, 15 handymen that work on that thing. Yeah. I don't think people realize the difference between a structural screw and just anything you can buy at Home Depot. You know, there, there's so much that you need to know about construction. If you're going to build professionally for, for other people, like you're held to a higher standard than us and most people do. But the things I tear apart, it never ceases to amaze me what I see uh, in a demo. It's just unbelievable what yeah. the type of construction is just, there's no way a pro could have done this because they'd be fired or right, they'd lose right. their license. Well, you know, you see the mixture of the, of the, the black drywall screws that are rusty. You mm-hmm. see the yellow deck screws that they used to be called back in the day that, mm-hmm. that 
The gold, yeah. The gold ones that you can snap off in a in a heartbeat trying to put them into some dry wood. And the none of those guys are structural out there. You need to get into something that's rated. I love using Simpson fasteners with Simpson yep. hangers, for instance. Yep. I try to match those up pretty well. Those guys in Faster Master are the two that we use um, mainly because they're both structural. They're both rated. They're both accepted by most building code officials and jurisdictions. And um, I'm, and if something works, you don't really try to change it too much, except for keeping up with technology and things like that. But uh, yeah, I love Simpson products. Um, I love all the brackets, like you said. And then Fasten Master, I love most of their fastening products and, and some of their structural stuff as well. Nice, nice. Are you using the Stabilo levels and stuff? Is oh, that yeah. what you're using out there? Yep. Yeah, see, I see I, a lot of yellow in your videos. So, yep, I've been to I've been to the plant in Germany. Uh, Stabila invited us out to take a look and learn all about their product. And I got to tell you, man, there is nobody else on the market that's making a level like those guys do. And they showed us the competition, and they dissected every single. Of course, they do. You know, who wouldn't? If I I would do the same thing. When you're um, good, you're good, right? That's why I do the Stabila Challenge, man, because people think I'm being um, abusive to my tools, and some guys get offended. But I'm actually trying to throw that level as far as I can, and I want it to go off the other side. If you know, I kind of know the, the limitation, and I try not to do it, but if it does, it's okay because you can pick that thing back up, and it'll still be level. If you drop an Empire level, and I've had one, and if you yeah. drop it, you're done. Go buy another one. Yeah. Sorry, Milwaukee. That, those, it's, if you drop them, they're, a, they're done. It's just a, a plastic insert that that's like uh, has a kind of a, a lever inside of it that holds the, the the vial level. But once you once you drop it too much or if it vibrates too much, then the, those that the the cam moves inside the level and then it's no longer a level. It's just a straight edge. Yeah, and that's crazy. I love when you do your challenge and you're sliding that thing across your your framing and you see it go thirty feet down there. Yeah. Um, there is no way to fake that level of quality. It's either slides <laughs> or it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I've gone to like 50 feet. I've thrown those things up to 50 feet um, on a slide. And and yeah, you don't always get it right on the first one. But, you know, it's a, for me, it's a thing. So I have to do it on every job now, every yeah. time I have the opportunity. You know, Dude, and that's and that's the beauty of that is, and that's, that's care of the construction. And yeah. for the people out there listening – a two by 12 is not consistent with the one next to it. It's kind of close, <laughs> but you can be off on those dimensions. Oh, big time. And you have to go in and set each and every one of those things to make it work. And it's either right or it's not. Yeah. You need to grade your framing before you install it to thickness so that you know that you're not going to have a roller coaster surface when you're done. And that's one thing with the composites is they're flexible enough that you can start you really to see, see that it. in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, lay down on your deck and look at it, and you're like, ooh. <laughs> I mean, we, we take precaution and care, and every time I come up a ladder or a staircase and I look at the deck and I can still see a hump here or a dip there, you know, it, it, we just minimize it. We don't eliminate it unless we get into aluminum framing. Like you asked me a question earlier, what, what do I see coming in the yeah. future? It's alternate metals framing, but I kind of skipped the steel train and I'm waiting for the aluminums to come. Yep. I think I think aluminum framing is going to be one of the biggest booms 
in in our industry, and it's going to take another five to ten years for it to really start to roll out. And that's where I'm going. That's where I'm putting my um, efforts and in, in, in trying to pick a brand or a couple brands that I'd like to use uh, because it will give you a laser flat deck. As a matter of fact, I just installed one called, with a company called Outdoor, mm-hmm. uh, where the gentleman that owns a company in Australia flew over here. He really? stayed with he stayed with me in my house, and he shipped over a complete deck section for this above, like a pedestal system deck mm-hmm. that we had to do, and we planned it out like months in advance. And he finally came over here in April, and we actually installed it together, and it was a lot of work because there was yeah. many challenges. Uh, that he didn't realize when, you know, you can only do so much over uh, a Skype, you know. Correct. But it was pretty amazing when it was done, and and it turned out really nice. Well, you think about that. If you're putting down a a deck product that's got a long warranty, you've got aluminum in there that's very consistent and Mm -hmm. is virtually weatherproof. Yep. That's a solid system right there. You can put a deck on it and get decades out of that without having to worry about and for you, you're not having to put all the wrap on it. You're not having to do all the waterproofing on the deck board, on, yeah. the, on the joists and stuff. So it's probably going to go quicker in the long run. Well, he, less had interlocking, he had an interlocking clip system, too, that we were able to use. So it locked all the boards down, and then we only had to fasten it like every five boards. That's yeah. crazy. It was cool, and it doesn't move. No, Yeah, it's not going to. No, there's no spring. And then there's also Cortex Driller. Fasten Master actually makes a Cortex uh, fastener that can go into the aluminum and you can Cortex it and it locks it down, man. So we pinned all the ends on that deck so it wouldn't move around. Yeah. Dude, that is awesome. Okay. You got me looking at that now. That's, that's cool stuff. And I think that's, you're right. And, and, you're not going to see the, the 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 challenges we see with lumber prices and availability, and you know aluminum's right. aluminum. They can knock that stuff out. Yeah, yeah. I think mostly like what this guy was his issue is uh, where to import it from, where to import it to, and then how to get it to the states and warehousing and all that. But you're like port it Tacoma. <laughs> exactly. We talked about it, but um, he's a busy guy. You know, he's got a $30 million company right now and he's trying to grow that to a hundred and he's going to do it uh, with this product. I can tell you right now, it's pretty, he's actually developing a framing system for us in the States because we're so into our nominal dimensional two by eight, but we can use a two by eight and spend it 14 feet. You know, instead of yeah. uh, eight feet or nine yeah. feet. Yeah, hadn't know? thought of that. Yeah, you get totally different spans out of this, and it's flat. Wow. Yeah. All right, yeah, man. man. That's and cool. You can build thin with it. There's yeah. sy- there's system. They have all these varying widths, so you can build a two and a half inch thick deck. How tricky in a contemporary house? Could you imagine doing that? Where it's just yeah, laser thin. That would be. But laser like thin. For, for those uh, rooftop, those flat rooftop areas that mm-hmm. uh, people have rubber or, you know, whatever and stuff on them. Yeah. Hot mop on them, whatever. Yeah. This, this is a cool, that's what, that's why we had to use his system. Cause I couldn't do a traditional, if I would have done a wood frame, it'd probably already be falling apart by now. Yeah. So good, good call. Good call. Yeah, man. 
So that is cool stuff. You heard it here first, guys. That's the that's the trend <laughs> from Doctor Dax. That's that's my trend. See see when you when you cut with steel, every cut you make has to be protected. If you let yep. the shavings go down onto your nice patio or cement, it's going to rust. rust. Okay, so you got to cut off site almost or or somewhere contained. And um, then, and then you still blow have to that off because you can't yep. have any of those shot those right aluminum. I mean, it might be silver specks, but it's not going to rust. Yeah. Um, and then pergolas uh, like uh, TimberTech just acquired structure, which is an aluminum um, louvered roof. Yeah. So I think louvered roofs and patio covers are going to be a, a, another hot item uh, coming up, up and coming for the for the future. Um. I didn't see that those guys had, had grabbed them. That's awesome because yeah, I, I've looked into mm-hmm. that stuff. It's cool. I got a buddy, really one of my really good friends that lives down the street. We've been kind of looking at that for his. He wants to do a covered area over his deck because out in his backyard is full sun and he just bakes out there. And so we were wanting to make a kind of outdoor kitchen area for him that was going to be out in the middle of his yard. And it would look That's like- That's the only thing. They're, they're not cheap. Um, it's a premium investment. I can do a standard acrylic and aluminum patio cover for half the cost of a- of a, a structure. Yeah. So that's usually what I end up doing. Cause people don't want to spend the extra money unless they really want that pergola. Yeah. Know? But they but, are uh, sexy. Cool. I think outdoor kitchens and, and, and just, just space like covered space that you can hang out under, but most people don't realize what they're spending. Um, when I go on these estimates, people don't realize how expensive that's going to be. You want a yeah. 20 by 20 enclosed co- or covered area with a deck, you know, you're spending a hundred plus thousand dollars and people don't realize they're thinking it's 20 grand and the materials materials for for half more than that. Yeah. Materials are (laughs) twice that three times that. So, yeah. So, uh, that's always a, a a rude awakening for a lot of people is just price. Yeah. I just kicked out a bid for 300 grand for a guy just to do a resurface. It was 3000 square feet. Yeah, all rail, all new bladders. I mean, it was a lot. But I wow. doubt I'll ever see the, the day, the light of day on that one, you know. I, I yeah. didn't expect to, but I wasn't going to – just because it's big doesn't mean I charge less. No, no. You know? It's still – labor is labor, materials are materials when it comes down to it. I mean, yep. you're not having to, to move off the site, but these days it's not like you're sitting there leaving – you know, your tools on site for a week either, you know, you're, yeah. you're still packing up either way. So it's just yep. one big job. Yep. And it's not like you don't have a waiting list out there either. Right. We're booked out a year right now. Yeah. The only problem I have is permitting. Oh, it's a nightmare. They have not got that straight yet. I mean, that's, it's, I don't think they're going to anytime soon. I don't care where don't you're either. located. It's pretty rare to get, you know, it's, it's feast or famine. You know, when you think, okay, yeah. it's slowing down out there. The new home builders are, are going to not take up as much time. So we'll be able to get remodel stuff. That's when the building department lays off the people in the building department. And then you just have less people you're working with. There's never like yeah. a, a sweet spot there. No, it's unfortunate. It's, it's um, just struggling with that right now. I bet. I bet. Well, brother, we are running out of time. We have blasted through an hour so quickly Jason, what's the best way for people to track you down out there, man? If someone's going to track you down, social media, website, where do they find you? Well, uh, Instagram, probably number one. That's my most followed uh, site. It's Dr. Dex, D-R-D-E-C-K-S. You can go to our YouTube channel under the same handle. 
And um, my website is also, if you just Google Dr. Dex, you cannot miss me. <laughs> we, we will pop up. Um, and drdex.com. That's my webpage. Um, I haven't updated it recently. If you want the most up-to-date, probably going to go to Instagram. But um, our YouTube channel is really unique. Uh, my son actually cuts the videos and edits and uploads everything. We spend a lot of money every month trying to promote that. And it's all free to you. Um, all I ask is that you click subscribe. That simple. That simple. Yeah. Click subscribe on that one, guys. And that's where you get your master class on this stuff. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Thanks for coming on today, man. I really appreciate it. And we're going to do this again. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. I'm Eric G. And you've been listening to Around the House. Thanks again for listening to Around the House. If you'd like to support the show, maybe buy me a coffee, a cocktail, a beer, or just leave a tip. Head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash ETH Eric G. That's buymeacoffee.com forward slash ETH Eric G. And the link is in the show notes. And thank you for being a part of Around the House. Somewhere unseen and undiscovered. is a love song let's be lovers we're all over the radio take my hand i know where to go all over the radio with you hey it's eric g from around the house are you planning a decking or siding project this year if you are you've got to check out my friends at millboard millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction hand molded from the finest oak it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood if you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood check out millboard.com make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back that's millboard.com